You're listening to Zone One Digest, a lovely patchwork of other people's shows that I stitch together in a couple of hours or so. I'm Stuart Hardy, and Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year, if we see it. Those that think the 21st of December heralds our doom seem to think that we won't. So think of this as either a Christmas special or an end of the world special, whichever floats your boat, really. To start out with, on the best of Zone One Radio, we bring you a rather unusual clip of tweed jacketed Ian Hawkins at a boxing match. Yes, that actually happened. No, seriously, I'm not making it up. Here's the clip as proof. Facebook.com slash Last week, Ian was asked to be the announcer of a boxing match in uh, Cambridge. And it was a uh, white-collar boxing match. And here are some of the great quotes we've got from him during the match. There's blood everywhere. <laughs> and that's coming out of the guy with the head guard. Looks like an abattoir. So here's a clip of what Ian thought at the time about the boxing match. Just on the first, first third of the show, um, I've just compared um, one, two, three, four fights, um, which were uh, I'm sitting right next to the to the ring, and it was terrifying. Hang on. Anyway, we've got another nine fights to go. I've just counted them up, and it's. Um, really hard on the voice. I'm getting through loads of water. Uh, these people are just a really rowdy audience and they're here for a fight. They're not here for me telling jokes. They're just up for a, a good old scrap. Keeping people say this is the closest that fighting ever got. This is one level above being in a pub car park. If it got any rougher than this, it would be illegal. And there's been some dirty, dirty fighting. Uh, and I'm right, in the, right in the action. I'm right next to the ring. So it's kind of. So I, I, I hate to admit it on a job, but I kind of feel really uncomfortable being here. I get no thrill out of this whatsoever. Loads of people around me are really digging it and are really into it. But for me, I just think it's nice at the end when when two of them are like really friendly and they know each other well and they. They're pally with each other, but some some of these just feel really dirty and wrong. Anyway, let you go. So me and Ian caught up later in the week to discuss his thoughts about his uh, first ever boxing match. Do you know what? I was weirdly unmoved by the whole <laughs> charade. I really liked the boxers. I thought they were really nice guys. They're all <clears throat> they're all It's really sweet to watch them sort of bumping gloves at the end and, and being friends. But I thought, I thought, I really genuinely thought, right, this would be like this would be like being swept up in a moment. I'll be part of a crowd and I'll be I'll be sort of moved and and, and think, wow, this is incredible. And yeah, this is I'm part of something more animalistic of, of two blokes each other in the face and I didn't get that at all I was, I was completely indifferent <laughs> Was everyone else cheering? Everyone else was cheering. Everyone standing was standing up. Yeah, they sort of sat there. Yeah, and I was like, yeah, I, I don't know if it's because I, I was thinking I was working or I was trying to count the rounds or trying to catch the eye of the referee, who I also liked, um, a guy called Ben Hudson, ex-boxer ex, uh, himself. He seemed very, very nice uh, and was very helpful. Hello listeners, you're listening to Zone 1 Digest and that was London Life with Ian Hawkins going to a boxing match followed by the very suitable accompanying song, Come Fly With Me. You can listen to the full show on www.zone1radio.com slash 2012 slash 12 slash new dash show dash london life dash silly mr hawkins dot html. 
that was too much information, I do apologise. Um, yeah, how about we cover up my verbal diarrhoea and have a listen to Marvin Nuro of Zone 1 Radio as he heads over to the new home of the Westminster Volunteer Centre and speaks to MP for North Westminster Karen Buck just after she's cut the ribbon opening the new building while holding a massive pair of scissors. Marvin then presented a massive rock, so she lost and she had to talk to him. Yay for us. Have a listen. This is the highlight, and you've come at the right time because we're really honoured to have our local MP for North Westminster, Karen Buck, here. So it's lovely to be here. I think we're going to open the fireplace for more. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite. Unfortunately, Father Christmas isn't coming. No. But... <laughs> okay, so how long are we going to pretend for? Well, we don't. <laughs> okay. You can cut now. We can cut now, really. One, two, three. Hello, my name is Marvin Neuro from Zone 1 Radio, and you are? Karen Buck, Member of Parliament, Westminster North. Okay, can you tell me a little bit about what's going on here today? Yeah, today we're formally opening the new building in um, in my constituency, just off the Harrow Road, which is the base for the Volunteer Centre for Westminster, who um, help recruit and support volunteers and place them in uh, in, in various community organisations, um, hopefully for their benefit and for the benefit of the community. Okay, how important is it for to have centres like this in the community? Well, it's very, very important because volunteering is... A essential part of a healthy society. It can be very good for the people who volunteer and of course, however good state services are in health and education and, uh, and, and working with children and so forth, it's always and always has been essential that that's topped up really with people who put in a little bit extra, who go into you know, read in schools or work in hospital radio or dozens and dozens of different things. So you need to have that but volunteers can't always organise themselves. They can't necessarily find the right placement and Organisations that need some volunteer help can't always find the right people unless there's an organisation in the middle doing all of that legwork for them. And that's what something like what Voluntary Action, West, uh, Voluntary Action what the Westminster Volunteer Society actually does. OK, and what type of things will Westminster's and Volunteer Centre be able to do for people? Well, I think one of the most important things is that the, all of the uh, organisations that need volunteers or look for volunteers or can offer opportunities in volunteering can, can come to the Volunteer Centre contact them and they will be able to match those people up uh, uh, those organisations up with the people who are looking for opportunities so um, it's it's really one of the most important roles is in in matching people up with volunteer opportunities but then also supporting them um, and supporting the organisations organisations don't always know how to look after volunteers you can't just bring someone in and say you know do this you know they're not meant to be doing a job for free they're meant to be doing something very specific and organisations aren't always necessarily able to do that they need themselves a little bit of support and training and how to look after volunteers okay what about when it comes down to maybe like things like volunteers need like traveling and things like that would, would a centre like, like this be able to help them with things like financial re- ways of getting to their like their workplaces and things like that i think that depends on the volunteer placement so a lot of volunteer a lot of organisations that recruit volunteers will often at least pay for out-of-pocket expenses like travel and sometimes lunch. And there are rules about how much people can do and how much money they can get before it ceases to become volunteer activity and it might sometimes interfere with people's benefits. So it's always worth checking this out. Not all um, volunteer opportunities will do this, but a lot of them will do. 
Okay, and have you ever been a volunteer yourself? You ever done any volunteer work? Uh, I've done quite a bit of voluntary work over the years, mainly working with with young people, and um, I've done some work around kind of young people and and, and play and sports over over the years. In fact, when I was at school, we used to uh, do voluntary work with. Um, with a uh, older people's home and when I was a student we used to I did a voluntary role going to visit elderly people with normally very kind of severe health problems um, who just wanted someone to home maybe to run errands for them or to give them a visit so I did that too okay and what kind of feelings did you get out by doing that I think it's um, I think it's a you it's a very very important way to I think set your life alongside other people's lives and kind of open your eyes to the way other people live. And you know, there are always some people in a you know who need a need a lot of help and support. So, so I think it's it it, 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 it it educates you about the world, but actually makes you feel pretty good as well. Yeah. If, if you're helping out other people, then you're putting something back in, and I think that's kind of really important. It gives you a good feeling. Yeah. Okay, well, thank you so much for your travel. Thank you. You're listening to Zone One Digest, and that was Marvin Nuro of Zone One Radio to talking to MP for North Westminster Karen Buck after he beat her at rock paper scissors. You can listen to the full show on ZoneOneRadio.com. It's on there somewhere. Next up is a show that I know very well and is very close to my heart: London Arts, with its finger on the pulse of London's culture. And correspondent Jenny Runacre and veteran actress of Derek Jarman movies. Yes, she was actually in Derek Jarman movies. Google Jubilee by Derek Jarman. I assure you, you will have brain hemorrhages by the end of it. Jenny went and spoke to writer and director of the sellout play The Shakespeare Conspiracy, not to be confused with the movie about the conspiracy theory about Shakespeare out the other year called Anonymous, which was of a questionable quality. See, I'm a neutral journalist. I said questionable. But back on topic, here's Jenny Runacre and Andrew Shepard with The Shakespeare Conspiracy. Hello there, and this is Jenny Monica from Zone One Radio. And here I am in the Chelsea Theatre, and I have just seen a brilliant play called The Shakespeare Conspiracy, written by Andrew Shepard and directed by Jack Bowman. The full house it was tonight, it was really fun, everybody was laughing, splitting their sides, and it was such a clever play. So here I've got with me now is Andrew and Jack. So good evening, Andrew. Good evening. And good evening, Jack. Good evening. All right, then. So, Andrew, tell me how you came to write this play. Well, I first actually came up with the idea for the play about four years ago when I was sitting in the bath, because a lot of my good ideas come in the bath. Um, and <laughs> I had this idea of um, Richard III accidentally breaking into A Midsummer Night's Dream and seducing Helena, uh, as he did for Queen Anne. Uh, not Queen Anne, um, but uh, Anne. Is it Anne? Uh, I, yes, it is Anne, yeah. Uh, that shows my knowledge already. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> uh, and the kind of the idea made, made me sort of laugh. And I then, the idea of the rest of the play came relatively organically. It also came out of the fact that I'd just written a play that went quite well. And I had that sort of slight panic that I really need to write something else to prove that I still can. <laughs> and this idea just sort of flew out, really. Um, it took a while. I wrote the original draft four years ago. Then I went off to make a feature film, which took four years. And then about a year and a half ago, I decided it was time to get the play out, uh, rewrote it, and then we did it again. We did it for the first time um, 
last a year and a half ago uh, for a five night preview it went really well which is where I met Jack and uh, sort of then decided to rewrite it get a new director get a few new cast in just take it to another level uh, which is where really Jack came in Yes, now, Jack, I enjoyed your direction. Tell me how you approached this. Quite a difficult play to direct. How did you approach this? Well, first of all, I mean, one of the things I loved when I, I first saw this play was how well written it was and how clever it was. Mm -hmm. and, and most importantly of all, how accessible it makes Shakespeare, which mm -hmm. I think is the most important thing. It, it takes Shakespeare, turns it into a comic book movie, makes it very, very cool. And comic book movies are very much up, the, up, my, uh, up my street as a bit of a, a sci-fi and fantasy geek. Um, so I think that was where... where we first started it was about respecting the the intelligence behind the script as well as marring it to uh marrying it should i say to all these ideas that you know you have action sequences you have good versus evil and all those nice comic book tropes and uh, literally it, it was about respecting both of those and bringing them into the middle starting from a position where you know you treat the work very very sincerely and in also have a lot of fun with it well, it also was, was great fun. It was very, very humorous. Now, how did you bring the humor out? I think a lot of uh, comedy comes from truth, and it's the truth of any situation. If you try and play humor, um, there, there, are, there are very few genres where you can be OTT with humor and get away with it. Panto is one, and this isn't a pantomime. Uh, you know, slapstick is one, but that's great physical discipline and skill. Mm -hmm. So I, I started by working with the cast and trying to bring out the truth of the situation. And all the great comic book movies and all the great Shakespeare stories all start from a position of truth, which is it's high stakes and it's fun and it's exciting, and but it's life and death people die and you know it's horrible when someone dies and also you know when something absolutely ridiculous happens you know it can make us laugh it can make us cry you know all those all those sorts of things and basically it, it all starts in one position which is what is the truth of the situation and in this we have the story of a guy who is an ordinary man who finds his destiny to be the savior of mankind and that's great i mean that's up there with any fantastic uh, comic, comic book hero but any any great story i mean star wars is the the, the mm -hmm. legacy of luke skywalker finding out he's not a farm boy mm -hmm. so don't give it away yeah. people might see uh, <laughs> uh, I won't tell you who his father is then <laughs> um, but you know it, it starts from, you start from a position of truth and grow from there you're listening to Zone 1 Digest and that clip was from London Arts Zone 1 Radio's high culture show and you can listen to the full thing here on zone1radio.com and finally to end this pre-Christmas Christmas edition we've got the headline event the big 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 show roll out the red carpet it's Matthew Layton's London GP show live at the Autosport Award Ceremony in Park Lane. At this gloriously swanky end of London, guests arrived and immediately offered our reporters Joe Keane and Hannah Wing the words no comments and blurry photographs that they didn't consent to appear in. To hear the full show, find it on zone1radio.com. You find it. I'm not doing all the work for you. Just to warn you, though, this is not the show you were expecting. Anyway, until next time, stay glued to zone1radio.com for all its great content. So let's head over to the red carpet with Hannah and Joe. Hello, I'm Matthew, and this is London GP, your weekly motorsport news and music extravaganza on Zone 1 Radio, the Mayor of London-funded community radio station for central London. Before we continue... I have to apologise. This week's show didn't quite go to plan. 
Last Sunday, the annual Autosport Awards ceremony took place at London's glamorous Grosvenor House Hotel in Park Lane. Unfortunately, the red carpet coincided with bath time for Charlotte and Elizabeth, my 14-month-old twins, so I couldn't go. So I sent the show's new producer, Joe Keane, and Hannah Wing, the presenter of In The Zone, Zone 1 Radio's community sports show, to cover the event for me. Unfortunately, I had to send them out with kits they'd never used before, and unfortunately, we didn't quite get the material we wanted. So, coming up on today's show, Joe's microphone test, his very valiant but unsuccessful attempt to get an interview uh, with Sebastian Loeb, and, officially, the shortest ever recorded interview with the king of British rallying, Malcolm Wilson OBE. Music this week from Wiley, Fountains of Wayne, and The Teardrop Explodes, amongst others. Photos from the red carpet on the Facebook page, facebook.com slash zone1radio. Testing, 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 testing. Yo, zone one, baby. Thank you, Damas. Big up zone one. Um, and I just hope that you know, with the extra seat time and everything, he's going to get now testing, and he's going to be, he's going to put himself in a strong position. Thank you. Thank you. Zone one radio.com.